Recently, I posted a video on TikTok regarding body image with facts and statistics, which, you know, gets me off. And then, of course, I got a comment saying, yeah, and there are people promoting obesity, blah, 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 blah. I, of course, without batting an eye, have blocked this person. It's not the first time I've received such ignorant comments and such blatant fatphobic comments. And that's why today I've decided to record this episode. I'm calling it your quote-unquote promoting obesity comments are totally wrong. Are you ready? Welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. If you're new to Beauty Unlocked, I'm Carissa, host of this circus. Welcome, friends. If you've been a long-time listener, you know all about the shenanigans and utter fuckery that is Beauty Unlocked. <laughs> Are you ready? Welcome, friends, to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlock the Podcast. I'm Carissa. I hope you're all well and keeping safe and, of course, hydrated. So today's episode is brought to you by, yet again, another fatphobic fucking comment that I received on a video uh, on TikTok. Although that was the first actual comment like that that I received on TikTok. There's more to come, obviously. Um, but when Beauty Unlocked had... Uh, the, the YouTube channel before I created a new YouTube channel, I did receive also like a few comments that were just, that just pissed me right the fuck off. Or as the daughter of Lilith says, it unsettled my tits. But in all honesty, it's comments like these that fuel my passion to continue creating content. <laughs> and so here we are today. And many people will be like, well, why didn't you, you know, write a comment back to that person and stuff like that? In all honesty, for my whole life, you get to a point of where you pick and choose the battles that you fight. And there are certain people who just want to remain ignorant and there's no point in engaging with them. If they want to educate themselves, they can. They have the possibility. They have the opportunity to. And sometimes some people are just fucking stubborn and want to stay, you know in their own shit. And I'm just like, well, then stay in your own shit. So I found today's article on scarymommy.com written by Lindsay Wolf. Um, and it's entitled why your quote unquote promoting obesity comments are totally wrong. And it was written back in March of 2020. I am so fucking tired of strangers on the internet telling me what to do with my body. I was minding my own business on Instagram the other day, posing in my fat birthday suit and letting my plus-sized flag fly. Whenever I do my self-love thing, tons of women love-bomb me on the regular with words of gratitude and appreciation that make my heart all warm and gooey. They are the ones I'm sharing my story for, and they are the bright spots in my day as society continues to scream at me to lose weight. 
But then there are the assholes who see a fat lady with a smile on her face and decide to stick their ridiculous, unsolicited advice hats on. They publicly comment and make the bullshit claim that I am promoting obesity, since my posts don't include my diet and exercise regimen. They try to school me on all of the supposed health ailments solely associated with weight gain and ask me why I don't take better care of myself. Some have even seen the photos I post sharing my journey of overcoming an eating disorder and accuse me of just going from one bodily extreme to another. God, these motherfuckers, I'm telling you. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. One of my all-time favorite trolls was a woman who not so innocently stumbled upon my page and decided to write this. I'm honestly genuinely curious, she starts. What are your labs? Oh my. Do you have any health issues that are weight-related? Diabetes, hypertension, your arteries and heart? Loving ourselves at any size is great, but you can't love yourself if you aren't around anymore due to health issues. Diet culture isn't just people who want to be a size one. It's people who care about longevity to be around for their children and grandchildren. Yes, Brenda, I do know what my fucking labs say. They are clean as a goddamn whistle. Not that I need to show them to you since my health is A, none of your fucking business, and B, absolutely not connected to my inherent worth and value as a human being. Let's unpack this insidious comment, shall we? Yes, Lindsay, let's. This diet culture fanatic claims there are health issues that are exclusively weight-related, and yet thin people can easily get all of them. Yep, you read that right. Skinny people are equally as prone to health problems. Here are a few rad studies to back me up. First, there's the one where researchers discovered that people with high blood pressure in a quote-unquote normal BMI range have the exact same risk for heart attacks or strokes as obese people. The results in this case still showed normal weight people with hypertension have similar high absolute risk as obese people. Lead study author Laura A. Colangelo of the Feinberg School of Medicine at Northwestern University in Chicago tells Reuters Health. My, that was a mouthful right there. <laughs> All right, Laura. Colangelo goes on to explain that in the past 30 years, certain research has even provided evidence to summarize that thin people have it surprisingly worse than fat folks when it comes to heart conditions. Some studies done in the past 30 years suggested that for the adverse outcomes associated with hypertension, such as heart attacks and stroke, lean or normal weight people with hypertension had worse outcomes than overweight or obese people with hypertension, she says. Well, how about that? Then there's the study that spans four decades and involves more than 100,000 adults in Denmark. Researchers in this one discovered that those with a slightly elevated BMI were more likely to live longer than thin people. The research also found that people in the medically obese category ended up having the exact same risk for death as those in the normal BMI range, even when a very number of lifestyle factors were considered. I'm not stopping there, Brenda. Why would I? Did you know about the study proving that thin, unhealthy people are twice as likely to get diabetes as fit, fat people? And yes, fat folks can be fit. Or the one with solid fucking evidence that concluded that up to 75% of the medically obese population is metabolically, metabolically, my goodness, healthy. I'll bet you 50 sit-ups that you didn't. 
Side note, there are some words that roll off the tongue pretty easily. And then there are others that it's just like you get tongue tied, tongue twisted, and you're just like, well, fuck this. <laughs> Apparently mine today is met- metabolically. I can't even say it again. <laughs> Oh my goodness, what is wrong with me? <clears throat> On with the article. I love the way Lindsay writes. Mm. Proving to the fatphobic jerks of the world that larger people aren't just ticking health time bombs exhausts the hell out of me. (laughs) I hear you. So why the fuck am I even doing it? Because I'm equally exhausted with the bigotry, prejudice, and oppression in this world, and I can't stay quiet about it anymore. Yes. Interestingly enough, how I feel is exactly why the social justice movement of body positivity was created. I can imagine that Brenda's panties are all in a twist now. (laughs) (laughs) They probably are. Did this writer just dare to connect to ever popular phrase body positivity with something more than a cute social media movement where thin white women share their love of all things cellulite and embrace their stretch marks? What the fuck does body positivity have to do with social justice? Before I answer, I'd like to suggest that you stop chugging the diet culture Kool-Aid and get ready for a little history lesson. My sentiments exactly. With just a few simple Google search entries, one can easily find the true roots of body positivity. An extension of the 1960s fat acceptance revolution, this movement was originally a social justice crusade aiming to uplift, advocate for, and protect the inherent rights and dignity of marginalized fat people. After it began, body positivity activists started promoting a more inclusive message that I personally believe is also a curtsy to the rest of the world and speaks volumes about their integrity. The movement allowed their definition to expand to people of all sizes, shapes, ethnicities, genders, sexual identities, and abilities. Of course, thin white women saw this invitation and claimed it for themselves. Are we even shocked? This has undoubtedly led the vast majority of society to think that being body positive just means being cool with a little jiggle. And while it is great that body positivity has evolved to help us all love ourselves, it's also super fucking important to remember who it was originally intended to empower. Black queer writer and fat activist Ari Bynes sums it up best in her 2018 article for Babe. The essence of body positivity is quite similarly the sizeism equivalent to racism and the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement, she explains. So in the same way that black people are struggling with living their lives in their melanin skin without getting shot down like animals is how fat people are trying to munch freely on salad without receiving dirty looks. Bynes then boldly compares all of the conventionally thin Brendas out there who feel they're being shamed by the fat advocates fighting for equality to the racist white people who made the hashtag All Lives Matter. Straight-sized people who say bod pause activists are tearing them down are hashtag All Lives Mattering those marginalized bodies. You get me? She writes. They're trying to shut us up and reinstate the idea that Gigi Hadid's bod is more valuable than Rebel Wilson's and that just ain't it, boo. You still there, Brenda? Good. I'll keep going. To you and anyone else who keeps telling me that I'm promoting obesity and I will assuredly die young, I have something to say. I'm ready for it. I get that you feel I'm harming myself and others when I tell women they are lovable at any size. I see how you've been emboldened to pause your beach body routine and warn me of everything that could go wrong in my larger body. 
I understand that you want to shout, think about your children from the rooftops and encourage me to model better behavior for my young daughter. But honestly, every single one of you can kiss my fat ass. When the National Eating Disorder Association needs to remind us that the best-known environmental factor for developing an eating disorder is our societal obsession with thinness, it's time to stop shaming fat people and start questioning the dangerous cultural conditioning that has you criticizing us in the first place. The sad truth is, diet culture bullshit has become so toxic that most people can't even keep their mouths shut long enough to allow someone in a larger body the freedom of asserting their natural-born right to love themselves. I wonder where the fuck all the internet haters were when I was a young teen addicted to diet pills. I'm curious to know why all the naysayers remained silent when I was binging and purging my food, obsessively joining Weight Watchers in an already skinny body, and consuming nothing but water to look as tiny as I could in a bikini. And more importantly, what was my destructive self-hating existence proving to you asshats about thinness back in those days? While we're on the subject of disordered eating, it needs to be said that when I publicly reject diet culture, it does not automatically mean that I am telling you to have a food-free-for-all anarchy party. Every fucking time a judgmental critic sees me speaking out about the profit-driven weight loss industry, they suspect that I must be advocating for everyone to just eat donuts 24-7 and lay on a couch all day. First of all, I would never push any kind of behavior onto someone that could damage a person's relationship with food or their body and it offends me that just because of my size, it is assumed that I would. Second of all, even if a person is doing what these trolls falsely accuse me of encouraging, they are still fucking awesome and worthy of a good, happy life. These days, I move my body to celebrate what it can do. I enjoy foods that nourish my body and spirit. I tend to my mental health more than I ha ever have before. I model self-love and healing for all of my children, and I certainly don't abuse myself anymore to manipulate my body into eternal thinness. I am one of the fortunate women who kept showing up long enough to discover intuitive eating and health at every size, and I'm thrilled to say that I've broken up permanently with diet culture. Last thing, Brenda. No one is promoting obesity, if obesity isn't inherently a bad thing across the board. Sure, some fat, unhealthy people get sick and die. And so do thin, unhealthy people. To assume that someone like me isn't taking care of myself simply because I'm fat is to assume that all larger folks are inherently unhealthy. I just showed you what a horrendous lie that is. Your misinformed, discriminating rhetoric is why social justice movements like body positivity need to exist. It's why accusing someone of promoting obesity is rife with hypocrisy and intolerance. And it's most certainly one of the primary reasons I'll continue jiggling my thunder thighs on Instagram. Bravo! Bravo! <laughs> Lindsay Wolf, thank you. That article, seriously, I love the way Lindsay writes. Amazing. Scarymommy.com. I'll be posting the link into the show notes so that you can also read... Um, read the article. Um, I'm not going to add anything more. I mean, Lindsay pretty much covered every angle right there. As for these diet culture twats saying or posting ignorant ridiculousness, I mean, like I said before, you get to choose if you engage or not. Um, I choose my battles. There are some days where, you know, I will rip a Brenda, a Tracy, a Chad, a Stacy, a new one. And then there's other days where I'm like, nope, nope, today I just, I can't be bothered. Um, today I'm going to let you stew in your own 
ignorant shit. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to engage. I feel like there are t- like, social media is a lot. I mean, being uh, on different social media, whatever it is, um, it can get a lot. It can be a lot sometimes when you look at these comments and stuff like that. And it just it just it's draining. So that's why sometimes I say, you know, sometimes you do engage with these motherfuckers and other days you're just like, fuck it. I can't. I'll I'll let someone else like deal with it because I need a fucking break from this. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know. Um, you can always send me an email at Carissa's Podcast Hour 2022 at gmail.com. I'll be posting the links into the show notes about where you can follow me on what social media sites you can follow me. Actually, right now I'm only on TikTok and um, on YouTube. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still debating whether or not I should... Uh, open up a new Instagram. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But with all that being said, I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you for tuning in. And remember to love each other, love yourselves, spread some of that sweet, sweet love, unless you want to engage with a motherfucking piece of shit, (laughs) diet culture twat, in which case, you know, go ahead and just rip them a new one if you want. Um, And remember, by doing all of this, remember to stay hydrated, friends. You will hear from me very, very soon. Bye. Make it clap, 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 cl